Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed, and I'm joined as always, and perhaps, well, I guess for the last time during the 2023-2024 season, by Mike Luciano. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Well, I'm looking forward to better days. You know, maybe the offseason where we get some new faces in, or our quarterback does not make uh, awkward, awkward to say the least, uh, potentially defamatory allegations <laughs> against a popular entertainer. On an afternoon slot, and I don't want to talk ESPN. about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. Well, yeah, well, that's yeah for legal reasons. But like when that, so we'll leave that to a side. That's a mess. We don't even want to go near that with a ten foot pole. What we will get near is a show that we're going to informally rename the Anti Joe Douglas Power Hour because a lot of our topics today are going to be ripping on Joe Douglas for things he did and things he did not do in the season. But before all that. You can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all those sites, YouTube and TikTok, at the Jet Press for both. A like really does help for the stream. Like, genuinely, algorithm-wise, it really does help. A download would be really nice. Thank you for that. A five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, that really helps just boosting us. Thank you guys so much for that. But this is one where we got to get right into things because there were two big news stories. First, we'll do the ad read, and then we'll get into the two big news stories. <laughs> Your battery, of course, coming from our friends at DraftKings. Have you signed up for DraftKings yet? Because if you're a new user, you can get up to 150 big ones in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Make an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still get the $150 in bonus bets. Just use the code FSBETS, F-S-B-E-T-S, when you sign up. That directly supports the podcast. You don't only get the bonus, but it helps support us genuinely. If you're considering using DraftKings, please use FS Bets to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in league gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description. 
for the full terms of the offer. Justin, Dalvin Cook is gone. He is. A statement that even if you were an anti-Dalvin Cook guy, I don't think anybody saw not finishing the entire season. Boy, did I get I get fooled. We'll go over two moves where I got fooled. One, because I at least thought the guy would play well, and he didn't. And one, because I thought the guy would play, and he didn't. We'll get into that. <laughs> I thought Cook had a lot more juice left in the tank than he did. I thought it was like an Ezekiel Elliott situ- situation, rather, with the Patriots, where he hasn't been great, but you could at least see there's some utility and a role for him. And if he just had a step quicker, you, he could be what he was. But you're like, all right, there's still – He's still a viable NFL running back for whatever that is. The Jets invested in Dalvin Cook thinking they had a viable NFL running back, and they just straight up did not. They got Dalvin Cook, who ran for 214 yards and no touchdowns with the Jets, and it was one of those things where there wasn't even a gradual decline. I mean, early on, the Buffalo game, the Dallas game, I mean, you could tell that Dalvin Cook was just not going to be what he was with the Minnesota Vikings. It's kind of sad. I don't want to like pity him like that, but it is kind of sad that a player who had that nice of a career in Minnesota had to peter out like this, but he is gone of allegedly to get a shot with a playoff team. I don't know who would sign him. It is kind of funny though. I think Vikings fans probably were laughing at us too, because they had, we were coping when they signed Dalvin cook and they're like, Oh, just you wait till he starts playing. We're like, ah, shut up. And then now we're knowing like I've seen teams from all over Cleveland, Baltimore, and the Cowboys. Des Bryant wants to sign him. They're like, "Oh, he's a Pro Bowl running back who didn't get a lot of usage." I'm like, "Well, there's a reason he didn't get a lot of usage, and that's because he sucks." And it's very funny to see that kind of happen in real time. The realization of that. Yeah, it's it, like you said. It's the exact same thing that Jets fans were doing when 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 they signed him. They're like, "Oh, we got a we got a Pro Bowl running back. We got to have you know the best running back tandem in the league." Nah, like no. And look, I. I know a lot of this is going to be said with the benefit of hindsight, right? But you can go back and find some of the streams we did before before the Jets signed Dalvin Cook. I was not a fan. I was not a fan of the signing when it happened. I tried. I talked. Tried to tried to talk myself into it. Like when it happened, I was like, "All right, optimistic take. Maybe he still got something left." But now looking at it with the benefit of hindsight, I'll, I think the Zeke comparison is fair. But there's also some key distinctions because I think with Dalvin Cook, the reason he has aged more like worse than Zeke is because Zeke at least can still have a role in an NFL offense. Zeke is still a good short yardage back. He's always been a good short yardage back throughout, throughout his career. He's not a bad pass blocker. He's a good pass catcher. He does not have fumble issues. He only fumbled, I think, once over the last two seasons before this year. Uh, he like Guys like that can still have a role in an NFL offense. Dalvin Cook, you can't say the same. Dalvin Cook's calling card was his big playability, his explosiveness. That When he was at his peak, when he was in his prime, he was one of the most explosive and dynamic running backs in the NFL. But once that was gone, and it's very clearly gone now, what's left? He's a very bad short yardage back. He's always been a bad short yardage back. He has fumble issues. He has drop issues. He's not particularly good in pass protection. What role does Dalvin Cook have in an NFL offense in 2023? As we saw this year with the Jets, he shouldn't have one. He just, he just doesn't have one. Uh, so I'm not shocked at all that this is how it's gone down. Um, no, he wasn't this bad last year with the Minnesota Vikings, but it's also fair to say that running backs with a ton of tread on their tires, because even though Dalvin Cook's 28 years old, he's a very old 28. He had a ton of carries during his time in Minnesota. He had a ton of carries at Florida State. He has been a bell cow back pretty much everywhere he's gone. So he's got a lot of tread on his tires, where as opposed to someone like Raheem Mostert, who's what, 31, almost 32? He has not had, I don't think he has nearly as many career carries as Dalvin Cook. Um, so you, there's a difference there. 
But it's not surprising at all that a guy with a lot of tread on his tires, a lot of career carries got significantly worse because that's generally what tends to happen with aging running backs. They decline exponentially. And we saw that with Dalvin Cook this year. I know that, you know, the 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 agent speak is coming out in those Tom Pelissero tweets and the Adam Shepard. They just they texted him that exact thing where it's like, it oh, he's so like, obvious. Yeah, it's like minimal usage, fresh legs, dynamic playmaker. And it's like dynamic. Man. That's what they, they called him a dynamic, a playmaker, dynamic. They use the word dynamic. And I'm like, What's man, Dalvin I, Cook's longest run this year. 14 oh, my yards. God. Uh, wait, no, that's 14. not it. It was 14 yards. It was 14 yards. yards. 14 yards was the longest out. And honestly, that's. Like uh, Justin, don't hate on the guy. He had a 15-yard catch. Playmaker. Oh, wow, look at that. Dual threat. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't see a role for him on an NFL offense in 2023, especially one that is contributing, or 2024 now, especially one that is competing for uh, you know not only a playoff spot, but to go beyond that. So I I hope he signs on with another team just for his sake, but I I really don't I don't see a root, I don't see a home for him. I just don't. Alan Jerkins and Chad, I admit I was excited about the Cook signing. I mean, I was too. I mean, we, we could argue like the degrees of how done we thought he was. Justin was pretty, you know, had good foresight there. But I looked at his production with an iffy offensive line in Minnesota. I'm like, all right, even if he's declining, like I think there's more than 200 yards left in him. But Joe Douglas, because this is going to be an anti-Joe Douglas stream, he committed three major errors on the Dalvin Cook signing. Number one, just plain overvaluing Dalvin Cook. He thought he had more left than he did. A lot of people did. So did Joe Douglas. I, hindsight is what it is. Bad move. Unquestionably bad move. Number two is, see, I think he undervalued Brees Hall. Because I think he thought with him coming back from an injury, and of course he thought he was going to have Aaron Rodgers, but I think he thought Hackett's going to probably split carries. It'll be Cook and Hall. That way we won't put too much on Hall's plate. And then immediately Hall emerges like an every down bell cow back. So then even if Cook was playing better than he was, the need for Cook goes away because you have Hall. So even if Hackett would want to split carries, we probably would have been screaming and yelling about, why are you splitting carries? Give the ball to Brees Hall. I think we were doing that early in the year. And that Dallas game, yeah, what, four carries, Brees Hall? Mm-hmm. Like, it became very early on they needed to get him the ball. And at least in the end of the year, they're finally wising up to that. And then number three is I think he overvalued Alan Lazard and the wide receiver core because I bet he thought instead of adding another wide receiver, cough, cough, DeAndre Hopkins, cough, cough, we're going to roll with Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. We probably thought Corey Davis, too, before Corey Davis retired. And we'll have Aaron Rodgers at center, and I'll be great and zippity-doo-dah. We'll be doing sunshine and rainbows, all holding hands, and Jets are great. That's what he thought. And then Corey Davis retires. Alan Lazard performs not only bad. Like, we've seen bad free agent signings, but for year one of a guy in a four-year deal, I mean, you could tell right away been a bad deal well not right away he actually started the year okay but like halfway through the year he just fell off a cliff and couldn't do anything right and then of course joe douglas saying you know what alan zard will be fine we'll get a running back that'll fix our offense so those three poor evaluations in tandem all contributed to the cook signing and why it really didn't work in new york yeah, Lazard is like like I wasn't a fan of the Alan Lazard signing as well, and I made that clear at the time too. But I didn't expect him to be this bad. I'm not surprised at all that Dalvin Cook is this bad because again, he was not very good last year, despite what the box score numbers show. And again, running backs decline exponentially, so I'm not surprised at all that it kind of snowballed with him. Also behind a bad offense line and in a bad system. 
Lazard, I'm I'm very surprised he was this bad. He was nowhere near that bad in Green Bay. No, he wasn't. I I thought he was a a, a high end wide receiver three going into the season. That's that's what I said. He's not that. Like I don't even know if he's a wide receiver four at this stage. Uh, he will be next year. He'll have to be either wide receiver three or four. I don't think he'll be wide receiver two. But I, I didn't expect him to be this bad. The other part about it with Dalvin Cook too is like it's such a weird. It was such a weird team fit. Like, others have pointed this out too. The Jets like if they were going to sign a veteran running back. Ezekiel Elliott made more sense. And I, I, I know it's easy to play hindsight with Zeke. I think he's been a little less washed than I thought he was going to be going into this year. Uh, he's still only averaging like 3.5 yards per carry. So it's not like he's been lighting it up. Although Patriots offense, very bad. O-line's been beat up. I get it. Uh, but he's at least played an important role for that team. He's he's not been bad for them. Uh, but he just made a lot more sense. Like, again, if they wanted a compliment to Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook's the worst possible compliment because everything that Dalvin Cook does well, or at least used to do well, is what Brees does well. Like that's, that's Dalvin Cook is the explosive big play guy. That's Brees. Brees is that guy. You want a short yardage guy. They already criticized Brees Hall earlier in the year for not being able to grind out those tough yards. That was a point Robert Sala made to the media. Well, you don't have anyone on the roster that could do that. If you don't think Brees is probably the best at doing it of the guys on the roster, and that's not saying much. Dalvin Cook is not going to be that short yardage guy. He's not going to be a pass catcher. He's not going to be a guy you're trusting on third down. Basically, he's what you what Izzy Abanacanda is right now. Like that's that's what he is. And so if you were to sign a, a compliment to Brees Hall and somebody who can shoulder that load. Dalvin Cook was never made sense. Like it just, it just never made sense to me. Uh, and I, I want to throw out one more thing too, because you, you mentioned overvaluing the running back position or overvaluing the backup running back. They paid $7 million to Dalvin Cook. That was the most uh, guaranteed money, or at least I think just the highest salary that any running back in free agency signed for this offseason. The highest paid running back this offseason, the Jets signed in, in August. Well, DeAndre Miles Sanders got more money year Yeah, yeah. Well, he, it was that, like, look how that turned out too for Carolina. Awful. Jeez. Awful contract. Um, but yeah, so his it, Dalvin Cook's cap hit this year seven million. DeAndre Hopkins cap hit four million. And I will continue and continue and continue to bang the drum of the Jets should have at least made an attempt to sign DeAndre Hopkins. If anybody in chat responds with, "Oh, he wouldn't have signed here," you're getting blocked. I don't care. Like I'm just like I'm so sick of hearing that shit because it's not true. It is. To be fair, I'd be pretty upset watching a whole season of we're, we're mad at Garrett Wilson getting wasted. Imagine Garrett Wilson and DeAndre Hopkins getting wasted. It wouldn't, at the same it wouldn't time. have been wasted as bad. Like the offense would be better. The offense would undoubtedly be better because chuck it in the vicinity of DeAndre Hopkins. He's still making a play. People had the audacity to try and say that DeAndre Hopkins was washed after last year and that Dalvin Cook wasn't. That was a clear sign that they did not watch football in twenty. 22 because DeAndre Hopkins is clearly not washed and guess what he's still not washed this year he's been very good in a really bad passing offense Dalvin Hopkins Cook had 80 yards a game last year with horrible quarterbacks yes. and that was when Kyler Murray got hurt and this year too with Ryan Tannehill getting benched and a rookie in Will Levis who I actually yeah. think is playing okay but one of the big problems with him right now is his inaccuracy I think he's playing good for where he got picked right now sure. he's just not like super hyper accurate even with that 68 catches, a thousand yards, and six touchdowns. Right. Like, what do we do? You, you tell me the Jets couldn't have used that guy. The Jets didn't want him, but they wanted Dalvin Cook, but they wanted Odell Beckham, who I know just made a really good catch this past weekend. But injuries, injuries with him, clearly not as good as DeAndre Hopkins. It's just, it, you're right. This is going to be the Joe Douglas, you know, shithousery podcast. Like, we're just going to shit on him this, this episode because. It's deserved. Like it's it's genuinely deserved because everything that Joe Douglas did, and I've said this before on the show, every possible move that he made at the wide receiver position this offseason was the wrong one. Like he didn't make a single correct decision. And passing up on DeAndre Hopkins to sign Dalvin Cook for more guaranteed money, for more for a higher cap hit in 2023, 
was a big mistake. The worst part, too, about Joe Douglas is we thought he had a guy at the trade deadline. Like, I mean, how often will we scream and trade for Hunter Renfro? And he didn't. Now, the whole Devontae Adams thing is what he is, but that was pie in the sky. Renfro seemed a little bit more like a reasonable guy. He doesn't do anything, doesn't get an offensive lineman or any of that. The only move he makes is he signs Roger Saffold to the practice squad. And this is a move where originally I'm like, you know what? I could see it. Like, I know that he made the Pro Bowl last year after being really bad, which was kind of shocking because he genuinely was not good hey, with the Bills. Hey, but- Dalvin, Cook, Dalvin Cook made a Pro Bowl in 2022, too. Never forget. But- but this is a guy who's a 13-year veteran. He very rarely gets injured. He has a history of being pretty good. He knows some of the Jets coaches have. Like outside of Buffalo, like with the Rams and with the Titans, Saffold was a pretty good offensive lineman for a very long time. So I'm like, all right, when you're pulling guys off other guys' practice squads, I don't mind this signing at all. Now, when they signed him, and you can look this up, it says it in all those reporter tweets, they signed him to the practice squad with the intention of elevating him yep. to the starting lineup. Do you remember Roger Saffold ever playing for the Jets? Did he even get a number? Did we you ever see him in practice? Do we have proof that he existed? Like, I've never seen a photo of this dude in Jets jersey. It, you know, the Jets do all those behind-the-scenes videos, all the videos, like, every week the social team puts out, of like, asking them questions. Never once was Roger Saffold in any of those videos. Did he exist? Did, was Roger Saffold actually on the Jets? The, the funny part, too, is, like, because Joe Douglas never talks, and, Ro- and Robert Sala probably wasn't really asked about Saffold as long as, as far as I can remember. I don't think he got asked directly. I think he was asked when he first when they first signed him. I think they asked him a couple questions about him. But beyond that, we have no proof he was even on the Jets. None. So then after weeks and weeks and weeks of where is he, like, genuinely, this was your the reason you didn't make a trade the trade deadline for a lineman. I'm not saying Ezra, Ezra Cleveland, excuse me, is a great lineman. He's okay, but he certainly would have been a better move than Roger Saffold. After weeks of that, finally he's gone. He signs with the Browns. Another former Jet going to the Browns. He's actually from Cleveland, I think, so he is kind of going home. He's on their practice squad and probably gives them some depth for the playoff run. So it's th- this is a move that really baffled me for Joe Douglas because he said, by, through his actions, Joe Douglas said, don't judge me on – the trade deadline immediately because I know we didn't get anybody that you want. I know we didn't get Hunter Renfro. I know we didn't get Devontae Adams or whoever the other receivers out there. I know we didn't get Ezra Cleveland. I know we didn't really do anything, but we got Roger Saffold and that'll fix our offensive line. And not only did he not fix the offensive line, he didn't do anything. Was he out of shape? I heard he was out of shape, but apparently not so out of shape because the Browns just signed him. So you'd think if he was out of shape, then they wouldn't even consider him. So I have, it's truly a, a mystifying situation. And it's an indictment on Douglas because he did this move. Like he did this move on the day of the trade deadline, knowing what was at stake, knowing where the Jets were, knowing what they needed. So, like, I'm more mad at him for this maybe than most people are because a lot of people might just say, oh, it's a practice squad guy who didn't work out. It's a practice squad guy who didn't work out that you brought in at the expense of guys like Hunter Renfro and other trade deadline moves. The Jets announced this move at 3.55 on the day of the trade deadline. Five minutes before the deadline. <laughs> the deadline's what, four? That's that, yeah, deadline was at four. Five minutes before the, de- the deadline passed, that's when the Jets announced this move. That was clear. Like I, To me, that was like, all right, guys, we're not making a trade. This is what we did. This is our move. And at the time, I remember discussing it on this show and being like, Let's see what he's got. Can't be any worse than the Xavier Newmans of the world. Can't be I mean, any they, worse. They than said the... expressly he was going to be on the active roster and start soon. And this, again, 
I went back and forth with someone on Twitter about this yesterday because I, I, you know, put out a tweet about it. Like it was a big, it was a mistake by Joe Douglas. People were like, oh, it's, it's just a practice squad signing. Who cares? It's no different than any other practice squad signing. Yes, it is. This is different because we've seen plenty of NFL teams do this over the last few years. They'll bring in a guy midseason, put him on the practice squad, get them up to speed. Like it's like a ramp up period for them because they didn't have a summer trying to learn the playbook, whatever. Especially and when he's they, older and a bigger guy too. Right. Jason Peters. We The Cowboys are about to do it with Leo Collins. They're not signing to the active roster. They're signing to the practice squad. But Leo Collins isn't the same. Like signing Leo Collins to the practice squad isn't the same thing as the Jets signing, whoever the hell they signed to the practice squad earlier today, some offensive lineman, Vitaly something. I forget. But the, Vitaly Potopenko, the old NBA center, that's who they did. Vitaly not. Klitschko, the boxer. Probably <laughs> neither of those guys. But the point is, we don't even know his name. So clearly, that's not the same thing as when they signed Roger Saffold because the intent is not for Vitaly, insert last name here, to German, start. Vitaly German. Sure. The, the intent is not for him to start this year. The intent when Roger Saffold was signed was that he was going to go through a ramp-up period. They were going to get him up to speed, and he was going to get promoted to the active roster and elevated into the starting lineup. Instead, the Jets signed three different players off of other teams' practice squads to start at right guard instead. Xavier Newman, Chris Glazer, Jake Hansen, all three players signed off other teams' practice squads were deemed to be better fits and, and, and more appropriate starting options than Roger Saffold, who, again, let's not forget, was their midseason acquisition. That was their, their trade deadline move. They didn't trade for someone. They were presumably in talks or players, they didn't find any value, any deal that they valued. And they're like, all right, we're going to pivot to Roger Saffold. Well, Roger Saffold never played, was never elevated. They're throwing out guys who were not even on the team a week before that out there. I, I challenge you, Jets fans, go on Google or wherever, find a picture of Roger Saffold in a Jets uniform. And did he I, ever I, come I, to Florham Park? Literally, I tried, Mike, because I made the thumbnail for this for this stream. And I tried to find a photo of Roger Saffold in a Jets jersey. I don't even think he has a headshot. I don't think he ever like. Am I? Am Was I, am he I, in Florham Park ever? I don't know. I don't think he ever. Okay, he does have a headshot. He has a headshot, but I couldn't use this for the thumbnail. Mercifully, he has a headshot. Geez. We have a photo of Roger Saffold in a Jets jersey, and it's it. That's it. That's all it is. Uh, but I, like again, it's just that might even be photoshopped. It's it's a major whiff because we said it before. We said it on the show. They could have traded a sixth round pick and got Ezra Cleveland, who is a fine offensive guard. A I would say below average starting caliber option, uh, offensive guard at, at worst, who's also 26, something like that, uh, potentially could be an option for next year as well. At the very least, he would have been better than than the rotating uh, degree of, of the, the rotating string of right guards are just thrown out there because also Jake Hansen's now hurt this week too. So I don't even know. I have no idea. Probably Xavier Newman is going to start at right guard again. Great stuff. Friend of the pod, Xavier Newman. Good guy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. It's a major miss by Joe Douglas. Uh, in an off season, in a season of a lot of misses, 2023, 2023, is it a stretch to say 2023 was the worst year? I would say no. 2023 was the worst year of Joe Douglas's tenure with the Jets. I know he traded for Aaron Rodgers. Well, I expectations, certainly. Well, I, because I, I know you could say 2020 as well. I think 2023, there were so many things that weren't just like bad moves, but were bad moves even without the benefit of hindsight, where it's like at the time, I'm like, this is not the great, like, this is not a great move. Like, I think the process was wrong with a lot of things that Joe Douglas did in 2023, more so than in like 2020. It's like, all right, yeah, you could argue drafting Beckton over Tristan Wirfs was a bad, was, was a mistake. Like, you can absolutely argue that. But also, Beckton was pretty good as a rookie, and I get why they did that. I, and they, unfortunately, he just ran into significant injury issues, which he didn't really have before that. Um, so you can argue a, certain, a few things with 2020. I think 2023 has been Joe Douglas's worst year, 
And look, he'll be back next year, but 2024 needs to be a lot better. Like, it's just, there's no excuses. He just kind of, I feel like he leaned on the Aaron Rodgers trade and was like, this is it. And after that, I'm like, my work is done. I want to get to a couple comments in chat before we move on to our next topic. Uh, sure. Brian Sternbeck, the Jets deadline move was leaking to Schefter. They spoke to the Raiders about Devontae Adams. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thumbs in. Yeah, honestly. Apparently at no point on that phone call did they ask about Hunter Renfro. That was just too much of a tall order for them. Uh, Patrick Cahill, Roger Saffold being gone is hilarious. What the F was JD thinking with that one? I'll tell you what he was thinking. Keith Carter... The offensive line coach we don't like said, hey, I know a guy who can fix our offensive line. I worked with him in Tennessee, and he was really good. Roger Saffold. Well, okay, I'll sign Roger Saffold. That, that That's half the reason he's on the Jets, was Keith right. Carter, who we and don't then, like anyway. Right, and then that's talent evaluation. Like, that's that's completely talent evaluation. They bring in Roger Saffold thinking he's going to play, and, like, genuinely, he was probably either, – either one of two things happened. Either they brought him in, and they quickly realized that he was nowhere near – football shape like play the he know he was nowhere near shape uh, being in shape enough to play in a live football game or he was just that bad in practice that they thought that the young guys were better options one of those two things happened either one is bad and then dan on twitter uh, there was zero point of giving away anything this team is a disaster not in the moment they were still in it in the moment didn't wasn't buffalo a disaster like a month ago and now they're like locked into the playoffs almost Right. They, 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 I, I look. I don't. They think had a shot Jets, to give it a, a real chance here to make the playoffs, and they didn't. They chose think, not to. Right. And obviously, the big, the bigger issue is them not having a QB two. Because I don't think, I don't think with Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon or whoever Tim Boyle starting, I don't know if they would have made the playoffs this year. As we were saying at the time, they were kind of relying on a lot of luck to win some of those games. But give yourself a shot, especially with someone like Ezra Cleveland, who could be on the roster next year. Like it's not like you're just trading for Ezra Cleveland and being like, oh, that's it. Like he's gone. It's just a one-year move. He's you get an advanced look at the guy. That way, you're not blindly spending millions of dollars in free agency. Here we are, and yet here we are. There's no Dalvin Cook. There's no Roger Saffold, and now there's no Zach Wilson, who apparently got the most severe head injury possible. He's got just gray matter leaking out of his ears because right. his concussion. Hey, D- Sauce Gardner and DJ they missed a lot of. They missed a very much the same amount of time. I think for concussion. They missed the one game, right? The Eagles game. 
No, they missed a few weeks. They were in concussion protocol for a while, I think. I think Sauce right. only missed the one, right? And it's DJ Reed. DJ Reed missed a couple of weeks because they also had the bye week, too. Remember? Uh, the bye week, too. But yeah. so Zach hey. Wilson, because of this concussion that he suffered in the Miami game, is out for week 18. And that likely means his Jets career is over. Now, Robert Sala was asked about it, and he said, I still think Zach Wilson will have a good career in this league. I don't know how you could think that, but that's what Robert Sala still does. And then he was asked about, is he going to be back? And he basically said, we'll see, which means F you, I'm not really talking about. And I'm just disappointed, not like in Zach personally at this point, because I feel like our feelings are well been known about Zach Wilson right now. It's because these last couple games were supposed to be a showcase for Zach. Like, all right, if he goes crazy, because he went crazy in the Houston game, they're like, all right, maybe if he has a couple more games close to that, maybe the Jets could get something for him, like a, a late pick or something like that. Because some team will be interested in the arm talent and the mobility, and he's young, and he was in a bad system. Let's get him into my system, and then it'll work. I'm sure some team will have thought that. Now I don't really know that, because he had the great Houston game, and then after that, we didn't really see anything – out of the ordinary for Zach Wilson. Like the Miami game when he played was every other Zach Wilson game. I know it was amplified by Makai Beckton being awful, but it was, you know, taking sacks, flipping it away, inaccuracy. We've seen this for two dozen times in Zach Wilson's career. So that's why I'm more upset is just because, it, like, they're done. Zach Wilson's not going to be back next year. You, you, you can't. That felt like the end. This whole year felt like the end for Zach Wilson. I'm just disappointed in both him personally that he can't even be viewed as a positive asset anymore. And they just got to like dump him on the side of the road. And maybe some team will sign him to a practice squad. Like I know he hasn't dominated and has been a backup quarterback, even like an NFL backup quarterback, but it is, it is sad to see a young guy's career kind of peter out in real time like this. I think it's January 3rd right now. I'm going to make a prediction. I think the Jets get a fifth round pick for Zach Wilson. I, I would be elated. I think they, Are you kidding me? A fifth for Zach I Wilson? A, I think they get a fifth-round pick for Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson showed enough this year. The biggest thing for me that I think it will be preventing that is his contract situation. He'll be entering the last year of his deal, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, he'll be entering the last year of his rookie contract. Uh, and it's – I mean, it's an expensive deal, although the Jets will have to eat some of that money for sure. Um, that's what I think is preventing him maybe from getting more. But I think he showed enough this year that some team is willing to take a chance on him, especially because I think that Texans game is going to be the lasting like image in a lot of teams' minds where they look at this season, they look at Zach Wilson, they're like, hey, look what he did late in the season, basically his last full start, and he played really, really well, played the best game of his career. Maybe we can build upon that. And I think there's a few teams that would be willing That's to do easily that. defeated, though, by the question of, and then what happened? I think there's a lot of teams that are going to look at that. Look, NFL teams take chances on players with high draft pedigree and high upside all the time, especially when it's quarterbacks and they go, I could fix him. That's what they do. I mean, the, the Cowboys just traded a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. We've seen nothing from Trey Lance. They give up a fourth round pick for him. We've seen absolutely nothing from him. And he's not even, he's the third string there. So I think there's going to be a team that's willing to give a fifth round pick or something along those lines. He will be traded. I would be stunned. Uh, not stunned. I would be very, very, very surprised if Zach Wilson was just outright released. I'd be very surprised. Uh, I think they'll trade him. I think they'll get something for him. They save more money if they trade him as well. Uh, so I think they'll be able to find a taker. The real question for me, who's it going to be? Like, I, I think I think that's a fun conversation to have. Which team's going to be interested? 
Uh, I know we've we've talked about this. I think we've talked about this on the show before. The Chiefs make a ton of sense for me. I think they're probably the team that makes the most sense. Andy Reid has the BYU connection. They don't have a QB2 behind Mahomes. It's Blaine Gabbert right now. Bring in Zach Wilson. Try and see what Andy Reid can do with him. Maybe Reid can salvage him because Reid's worked wonders with other quarterbacks in the past. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes being, being the primary example. Uh, I would like to see Zach Wilson in Kansas City. I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. The BYU connection with Andy Reid makes a ton of sense. That's the team that I think would be at the top of my list where I think he's going to go. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? See, before last year, because I thought he was gone after last year, my pick would have been the Rams because you get Sean McVay sure. and then you back up Matthew Stafford and just download information as like a third-string quarterback yeah. in an offense that has worked well. Something When Stafford's been out, they've worked well with John Wolford and some limited quarterbacks. And now Mike LaFleur is there and they hate each other, so that's, that's not going to happen. The Rams, honestly, schematically is a really good fit for Wilson, I think. Or at least maybe Minnesota. Similar Minnesota, thing? Minnesota, maybe. It, it's interesting to see what they do because they still could bring back Kirk Cousins. That was like discussed, apparently, that they might bring back Cousins. They have Jaron Hall, but, you know. I think I they might do both. I think they bring back Cousins, and I still think they maybe go get like a Michael Penix or Bo Nix in the draft. But they could do that. It, going back onto the Jets talk, uh, Got, like, I just have a heart. Like, he's not going to be a backup. No one's going to hand him a backup job after this year. So I think he's going to he, have to compete for he, it, if anything. Yeah, I think he could compete for a QB2 job somewhere. It's just, it's so, like, I because I, I know there's going to be some GM out there who had Zach Wilson high on their big board. Yep. They just weren't in the position that the Jets were when they took him. And it's just that arrogance where they're just like, oh, I can fix him. My, my team's much better. Yep. Like Dan says here, Zach will end up on the Broncos. Oh, that would be – imagine if Sean Payton and Zach Wilson. Dude, Sean Payton would do that. He would do that to spite Nathaniel Hackett. To be like, look what I could do that Nathaniel Hackett couldn't. That's I mean, he yeah, would. he spited his starting quarterback halfway into one year saying, if you don't alter your contract, we'll bench you, which I don't even think is legal collective bargaining-wise. So, you know, You know a good landing spot that I thought of before the show, and I'm like this? I would like – for Zach Wilson, I would like to see this. All right. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think would be a really good landing spot for Zach. Hmm. Assuming that the coaching staff say, stays, assuming that Todd Bowles, that Dave Canales are still there. Cause that's not, I don't think it's a guarantee. Canales probably could get a head coach job. He might get some offers this season. If Bowles is fired, I maybe Canales has gone too, but I think him in that scheme, like I feel like Canales runs a very similar scheme to what they ran at BYU. Uh, like that. Well, he's, like, he's from zone. Seattle with Gino. So it's that sort of stuff. Right. Right. Original. And I feel like, what, he, what he's been able to do with Baker Mayfield this year is a lot like I feel like Baker had a lot of similar issues to Zach Wilson earlier in his career, uh, just making a lot of mistakes. And then just just like he's got that same gunslinger trait to him where it's like he's always trying to make the big play. He's got a great arm. He's trying to do too much. Dave, Dave Canales has been able to reel in Baker Mayfield a little bit and I think get him to play the best football of his career this season. I would love to see Zach Wilson go to Tampa, compete with Kyle Trask for QB2 develop behind Baker Mayfield because it sounds like Baker's gonna be back next year I think that'd be a really good fit for him a good system for him uh assuming Mike Evans is back they'd have Mike Evans Chris Godwin like that's awesome I think that'd be a great landing spot for Zach Wilson I could see it too and I think Bowles has some ties to BYU like didn't he like coach under Mike Hol Holmgren or something who was at BYU I think there's some some connections there uh, you really are believing in the power of that alumni association. I do, dude. I think BYU is like a cult. All right, they're like once you're BYU, once you're a Cougar, you're like you're. Okay, well, let's hope we don't have a lot of uh, Mormons in chat here. This is gonna this is gonna be BYU, a problem. I'm not saying no. I didn't say Mormonism, although 
You did so, the, the school of only Mormons, you said is so. I I just said the university's like Rome. I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I think Tampa makes a lot of sense. Uh, good landing spot for him just to compete for a backup job because I don't think Kyle Trask has that unlocked by any means. And also, there's a path to a starting route in the future if you know if they move on from Baker at some point. So Tampa makes sense to me. I I'd say I would I do just want to rip down one narrative I keep seeing about Zach Wilson. Sure. Oh, the Jets just failed Zach Wilson. Mm. Not true at all. The Jets, you have a case for the Jets failed Sam Darnold. Oh, that is a case. I don't even think that's a case. I think they did. I think think they did. Now, again, we don't even think Sam Darnold's that good because he went to Carolina and was just as bad. So now we kind of know what Sam Darnold is. But it was, was definitely stunted by the Jets. You can't even argue that. That was a case of a GM not putting together a team that could do anything. We, we were just ripping on Joe Douglas, but for all his faults, he got Garrett Wilson. He got Brees Hall. He yeah. got a better coaching staff than the last one. For whatever you think of Robert Sala, I think it's better than the last one. Honestly, the offensive coaching staff is debatable at this point. I'm not sure. I mean, 2022, yeah, that was a better offensive coaching staff. 2023. And 2021, because it was the same staff. So most of his true, career well, was. True, 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 yeah. So yeah, because I, of that, yeah. they didn't fail him. He failed himself. Not for not trying hard. He just never, it just never took something. Some guys just get it. Some guys just don't get it. That sounds trivial and re- like kind of basic to just funnel down all that analysis into he gets it or he doesn't get it, but some guys do. And they tried every, how many freaking coaches did they bring in to try to make Zach Wilson work? And it just never, it just never took. I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's more than black and white. I think, yeah, obviously the Jets failed Sam Darnold a lot more than they failed Zach Wilson. But I think you could very easily be like, all right, if Zach Wilson was in a better organization, was in a more competent situation, a better offensive line, better offensive coaching staff, that maybe he would have developed more. I think you could absolutely make that argument. Does that mean the Jets failed Zach Wilson? I, I don't know if it's that black and white. Like I, I don't, I think that they did a lot better for him than they did for their previous quarterback, which is not saying much. But they could have done better. They, they absolutely could have done better because ultimately the Jets' offense still stinks, and it's beyond Zach Wilson. It's not just Zach Wilson why the Jets' offense stinks. And if the Jets' offense stinks, regardless of their quarterback, that means that they did not put Zach Wilson in the best position to succeed. Uh, like you can't tell me that if Zach Wilson was drafted by the Chiefs, that he probably wouldn't be a little bit better because that's just how football works. That's how player development works. So I don't think it's black and white, but I do absolutely agree they failed Sam Darnold a lot more than they failed Zach Wilson, and I do not. I think the the biggest issue with the drafting of Zach Wilson and with why Zach Wilson failed was because Zach Wilson was just not good enough. I, I 100% agree. But I do think that there's part of it where it's like they definitely could have done more for his development. And who knows? Maybe in some alternate world, he was drafted into a better organization, a better system, a better situation, and he's a starting quarterback. We'll, we'll never know. But I at, at where he is now, I would be surprised if he ever got there. I just think there's a lot that needs to be improved. But who knows? Maybe he goes to Tampa. Maybe he goes to Kansas City. Maybe he goes to the 49ers. That'd be fun. Maybe he uh, Darnold's a free agent. Maybe he goes and replaces Darnold as the backup in San Francisco. That would be a fun storyline. I, I could oh, see him no. having success under the, Shanahan. The Shanahan crime family getting their hands on Zach Wilson and turning Dude. him into basically Purdy this year. He's the, like, everything that Shanahan doesn't want in a quarterback, though. Like, I feel like he's the worst Shanahan-style quarterback. But that's the thing is, is it would work. It would. What would it, I mean, to be fair, I feel like Purdy is also not your classic Shanahan quarterback. Like he's a little more improvisy playmakery than like a typical Shanahan quarterback. So maybe, maybe Zach Wilson in that scheme could work, but he would need to get a lot better 
and his decision making in those like first three seconds because it's just he I, he doesn't process quick enough. Dan in chat, we now have a geriatric quarterback in command of the Jets, bringing his pals here. Now we're stuck with the Bill I, again. I know we didn't want to be talking about Zach Wilson this year, but this is a situation we're dealt. Think about all the problems we talked about with the Jets, the whole Dalvin Cook thing, the whole Roger Saffold situation, Wilson's development. If our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, was healthy and not accusing people of doing horrendous things on ESPN <laughs> at 1 o'clock on a weekday in the I don't want to talk about it, Mike. No I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it <laughs> for no particular benefit or gain to anybody. Just be like, Oh yeah. Just very nonchalantly say that if that wasn't happening, the jets are then winning games. And so much of this is minimized or not even discussed at all. True. Like he says right here, this is the only year I've considered not being a jets fan. Really? The 2020 when they were owing whatever, really? I know. This I guess this is I the year that broke you. I get where he's coming from because there were vastly different expectations in 2020 than 2023. I think 2020 for me as a fan was a lot more enjoyable than 2023 because we had a, we had a unified rooting interest. Like we, it was fun at certain points rooting for a terrible jets team. And we all knew that the, the staff was gone at the end of the year. Anyway, like this is just misery. And we ever, we know everyone's coming back anyway, and there's gonna be no substantial changes. We just have to hope that it's better next year. So I, I get that. I, 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 I understand where you're coming from, Dan. I think in my time watching the jets, 2016 was also really bad like 2016 because it was like the hangover after what was a great yeah, 2016 yeah. 2016 and like even 2017 are kind of up there with 2023 for me in terms of like least enjoyable years where i was just like this team sucks i hate watching this team this is just brutal and nothing significant is changing and i don't like i don't like who's running the show i don't like because 2016 2017 then you had like the the Muhammad Wilkerson's and Sheldon Richardson's and you're like, oh, just move on. Like, just, just like, I, I was like Muhammad Wilkerson as we went to on the jet press in the and hot water. So in loaded news. hollow points in the car. So yeah, not, not a great week for jets uh, trying to run afoul of the law here. So not at all really quick before we get on to the, the next thing. Uh, we will talk about this more in depth. I assume we get to the off season, but Josh Carrett. Oh, that's not the right one. Hold on. Whoa. Ignore that. This is the correct one. Uh, <laughs> Josh Carrett. <laughs> Pulled up the wrong, the wrong message. Uh, he said, who are you guys' top backup QB wish list? We'll get into this more in the offseason probably, but the two names at the top of my list, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett. Those are the two guys that I think the Jets will have interest in, should have interest in. I know Connor Hughes uh, has been hinting at on Twitter that the Jets realized the mistake they made at QB2 this season or this past Oh, season. I hope so. They, they better. <laughs> we hope, and that they he does not expect them to make that same mistake again. So I do expect imagine if they didn't. Just bring they did like a Zach Wilson. I didn't let the defense down. I didn't let the team down by not getting if, a backup if, quarterback. If Trevor Simeon and Brett, Brett Rippon are competing for the backup quarterback job next year. What would you do? <laughs> what would be your reaction if we go into the season? Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Simeon. A after I choke on my own blood and go to the hospital? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because I probably wouldn't be alive to have a take. So I, Yeah, I, I think that they realize the mistake they made. I think they will get a, a better quarterback. Ryan Tannehill makes sense. He has ties to Todd Downey and Keith Carter. Hopefully Keith Carter is not even here, but – he might be. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett also makes sense. According, I think Connor Hughes mentioned this, that the Jets were interested in Jacoby Brissett last offseason. They didn't obviously make a move oh, for him. Of but... course they were. They were always interested. I love how every team, every time like a free agent is a good move, there's always leaks like, oh, the Jets were interested in it. And then they never did it. Like, oh, it's great that you were interested in it. I'm sure There's, there there is definitely a Hall of Fame. We got to do it. We got to do that as like a segment in the offseason where it's like Hall of Fame almost Jets team. That would be so fun. Well, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is like top tier. That's like if we do like an all time draft of like almost Jets, Anthony Barr is number one. I feel like 
Derek Barnett is up there too. I feel like he was always rumored to go to the Jets. <laughs> Jack. I just love whenever, like, you ever hear, like, a GM who recently got fired, they're going on, like, a podcast or on TV or whatever, and they were like, yeah, you know, I actually wanted to take uh, C.J. Stroud, but instead the team made me take Nick Mullins or something like that. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. like I had this perfect plan and everybody else screwed me up. Not to, uh, <laughs> not to call him out, I think Mike Tannenbaum is, like, the, the king of that. He does that all the time. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to do I this. I wanted to trade for Peyton Manning, but they said, no, you have to get right. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> right. Uh, as Dan says to Hackenberg, don't even don't mention that. Don't you dare bring that name up. I'm sorry. I brought that name up. Oh, in terms of like backup quarterbacks. Yeah, I I think yeah, Hackenberg. New Year's resolution for the Jets. I saw the one game where Christian Hackenberg was active in his NFL career. Wow. And it was also the one game Cardell Jones ever played in the NFL. I was at that game. You only played one game in the NFL, Cardell. Yeah, it was like Week 17 against the Bills, and Fitzpatrick threw like three meaningless touchdowns in like that, 2018. That sounds yeah, that sounds about right. Dang, I thought he played more than that. Yeah, he only played one game. Good. No, that's a shame. He played. Uh, he played in the XFL though. DC Defenders Legend, I believe. I think. Yeah, I think I played in the XFL too. So that's not. All right. Wow. Wow. Disrespect to spring football. That's crazy. <laughs> the XFL doesn't exist anymore. We so. don't disrespect spring football on this podcast. We absolutely do not. I'll disrespect football. leagues that don't exist anymore. Okay, we're we're UFL fans. Um, <laughs> quick. So I want to talk about Mike before we get into our Patriots preview. Really quick. I, I said I want to do this. I want to talk about the Pro Bowl. I want to talk about the Pro Bowl because Pro Bowl voting is, I believe, or it's, it's done, obviously. Pro Bowl rosters will be announced tonight, I believe, at like 8 p.m. Uh, so I guess this segment is already going to age poorly. If you're listening to this after Wednesday, sorry, I don't know. This is going to age poorly for you, and you're already going to know the answers. But I want to quickly predict who we think, which Jets we think are making the Pro Bowl this season. Uh, now, I know people are going to be like, oh, there's like six, seven names. Like, I, realistically, they're not all going to make the Pro Bowl. I think I have three players who I think will make the Pro Bowl this season for the Jets. All right. I want to see if you agree, if you have any other names, whatever. The three players I think should make the or will make the Pro Bowl. This isn't should, but will make it. Quincy Williams, who currently leads all AFC uh, linebackers in Pro Bowl voting. Second is Roquan Smith. Uh, and if the Ravens are in the Super Bowl, he's not even playing. So I think there's a really good shot. Quincy Williams is there. He's had an amazing season. He has the counting stats. I think he'll be there. He deserves to be there. Second, Friend of the podcast, Thomas Morstead. Thomas Morstead, we did it. Jets fans did it. He is now number one in AFC Pro Bowl voting amongst all of Hunters, uh, passing Bryce Berenger. We did Barringer. it, Joe. <laughs> we, we, we did it. We did it, Thomas. Uh, passing Bryce Berenger, pay, pay, uh, passing AJ Cole. Uh, Morstead did the media rounds. The PR campaign worked. He is number one in AFC Pro Bowl voting. I think he deserves to get there. He has the numbers, too. I'm pretty sure he like still leads all punters and punt yards. Uh, like, although he, I do think he got a little lucky because Ryan Stonehouse got hurt, but possibly I think <laughs> it's either gonna be him or AJ Cole. I because the Raiders have a reputation with punters and kickers, they always seem to have good specialists. AJ Cole, I think, is second in Pro Bowl voting behind uh Morstead. But I think the fact that Morstead has a reputation, he's been around for a long time, he's leading the, the fan voting, and he has the counting numbers. He has like, I think he leads the league in yards. I think he's in it. Third, last one, and it would be a travesty if he didn't make it. It has to be Sauce Gardner. It has, it has to be. It has to be Sauce Gardner. I know he's 10th right now in, in, in total Pro Bowl voting. I don't know what he is at AFC. Uh, I don't care. I don't think the voting's going to matter. I don't think there's an AFC cornerback who has been better than Sauce Gardner this season. I think the only cornerback in the entire NFL, the two guys that I think you make an argument for being better than Sauce this year are Jalen Johnson, the Chicago Bears, and Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys. Deron Bland, just because of the the interceptions, the turnovers, the, 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 the pick sixes, he has to be in that conversation. Uh, I think those have been the three best corners in the NFL this season. Pat Sertan is still good. He's not had as great of a year. J. 
Jalen Ramsey, I know he, I think he leads the Pro Bowl voting. He was great when he first came back. He's fallen off a little bit since then. Marlon Humphrey's good. There's a lot of good guys out there. There's not a single AFC cornerback who's been better than Sauce Gardner this season. He should make the Pro Bowl. I think he will. He has the reputation already. It would be a travesty if he didn't make it. So I think Quincy Williams, Thomas Moore said, Sauce Gardner. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I also think that the Jets record is going to do them a severe disservice because they're not going to put in as many guys I think should get in. Like, it's funny. It would be funny if as good as Quincy Williams, I think we all agree that Quinn and Williams is the better player. Yeah. I don't think, I think there's a good chance Quinn in does not make the Pro Bowl even because of the sack numbers are down. But in terms of just how he's impacting the defense, like it's not, I don't want maybe not as good as it was last year. He's had like 15 sacks last year, but he, he's still doing all the things Quinn and Williams does. I agree. So it I would be a travesty for a guy to make a Pro Bowl play exactly the same to slightly worse and then not make it. So. I, I think, think Quinn Williams, my, my, my prediction, ready? Quinn Williams makes second team all pro, does not make the Pro Bowl. That's that wouldn't opinion. be uncommon. Didn't I think Ken Riley for the Bengals made like five all pro teams and never made a Pro Bowl. So there's, it can a, there's a lot of guys out there who have made all pro and not made a Pro Bowl, and it's crazy. So I, I think Quinn Williams, second team all pro, doesn't make the Pro Bowl. I think Sauce Gardner makes it. I think he he's the guy. Like, But people look at the Jets defense, and you're asking a player or a coach around the league, fair or not, they're going to say Sauce Gardner. So I, I think he's going to make it. But I, I don't think here's, Quinn, I don't, what, here's what I want to wonder is what do you think? Cause obviously like not everybody who's going to be at the top is going to go to the pro bowl game. Right. What do you think happens to Garrett Wilson? I don't think he makes it. I'd be oh, very surprised. I, I think Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall deserve to be in there, but they're not going to be because Garrett more so, but I mean, well, even Brees is like top five in scrimmage yards this year. Like he's, he's having an awesome season. He's I, I know that and we're, we talked about this, I think on the show too. Who are the best running backs in the AFC right now? Raheem Mostert's going to make it for sure because he's got the touchdowns, he's got the numbers. Honestly, well deserved. That dude is great. Travis Etienne, like who's going to make it for the AFC? I, I don't Etienne's know. He's averaging three point eight a carry this year. Right. Who's going to make it? I don't know. Uh, I think Brees deserves. That's a good it. thought exercise. Along with who's the second best running back in the league? Who's the best AFC? Chris McCaffrey's one. We don't know who two is. I Raheem. I I, I Raheem Mostert is second best running back in the NFL. I'm going to say it. And I mean it. I'm going to say it, and, and people are going to hate that take, but I, I've been on the Raheem Mostert bandwagon since even before this past offseason. Like, I remember back in, in the summer, go back to Dalvin Cook, I would say, like, Jets fans were like, oh, he'd be the best running back in the Dolphins. I'm like, no, he wouldn't. Raheem Mostert's great, man. You are sleeping on Raheem Mostert. Honestly, people are sleeping on Jeff Wilson, too. That man is not bad. Devon A-Chain's been really good for them. Uh, but, yeah, I think Mostert could be the second best. But I, I think when it comes to Brees and Garrett Wilson – the stink of the Jets offense is just going to be too much. And I don't think they get in because of that. But if a bunch like, I don't know who, who if like Tyreek, if the Dolphins make the Super Bowl or the Bills or whoever, and you know, Tyreek and Diggs, they're not playing. And whoever's not playing, maybe Garrett gets in an alt, as an alternate. I still think it's unlikely. Honestly, Brees might have a better shot. I think there's a lot less competition there uh, just because of that. But what if like I, something crazy happens? Like there's so many dropouts that there's like a Lake and Tomlinson gets in or something like that. And then you got to discuss like, Hall, Wilson, and that, and there's like three Jets on from this offense in the Pro Bowl. And you're like, what the hell happened? The issue is Jets offensive linemen will not have the fan vote. <laughs> like, no fans, Jets fans were not voting their offensive linemen in. Hey, Roger Saffel made a Pro Bowl last year. Because well, Bills, Bills fans were voting him in. Bills, Bills fans were voting everyone in. But I don't, I don't think Jets fans were uh, particularly pleased with their offensive line play this year. So I don't think the fans. Hey, Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl last year. Anything's possible. 
It's true. A couple of guys who also have a shot because of the fan voting. Thomas Hennessy, second in long snapper AFC Pro Bowl voting behind only Blake Ferguson of the Dolphins. That's just all fans. Like, there's no stats or anything. Right. That's it's a test right. of fan voting. That is literally a testament of how much fans appreciate their special teams, which it makes sense that the Jets are high there. Uh, and I think, speaking of that, Greg Zerline, I believe, is second behind Dustin Hopkins in AFC Pro Bowl voting amongst kickers. I don't think he gets it. I think Hopkins gets it. He's been great this year. Um, but both of those guys have a shot, I, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's a few guys who it's like they deserve it. I think Quinnen deserves it. He's not going to make it. Mike, or I, I don't think he's going to make it. He might, but I don't think he's going to make it because he doesn't have the sack numbers. Uh, Michael Carter, the second, uh, they still have not created a distinction with Pro Bowl voting for slot corners. They just did with all pro, all pro voting. So there's a chance Michael Carter gets all pro. I don't think he's going to get a Pro Bowl because they just don't have slot corners make the Pro Bowl. Um, although I know Jets fans, like, I, my prediction there with the all pro thing, I think Taron Johnson gets it for the bills. And I think Jets fans are going to lose their minds when that happens that Michael Carter didn't get the all pro vote for, for nickel corner. Uh, but I, I think maybe he gets second team all pro or something like that, but I think Taron Johnson going to get first team. He's going to get uh, Bob Kuchenberg. If people don't know who that is. Nope. Okay. So story time. Uh, oh Bob Kuchenberg was a guard for the Miami dolphins and like the Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris. Okay. You know, those sure. kind of days. And he was always, if you always look at like best players, not in the hall of fame, he was always like right near the top. And part of the logic, some of the voters kind of use, well, it's like, well, not everybody on that team could have been a hall of famer. So he used to oh. kept guys out. So it, the logic is always, I've heard that used before where they're like, all right, not everybody on this defense can be in the pro bowl, especially when you're bad. Right. Kind of thing. Like, that's why Donnie Sheldon get in the hall of fame forever. They're like, all right, Steelers defense in the seventies. You can't have nine hall of famers on it. Argue Jets defense. You can't have five Pro Bowlers when you won six games. So that's going like, to come and bite him. I feel like that's uh, the same reason Abdul Salam is not in the Ring of Honor for whatever reason. Like every Abdul other Salam member, just didn't have like a very long like. But it's like every other member of the 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 New York Sack. Uh, all right, now Pro Football Reference is what it is. You know they they've done unofficial sack totals. Uh, he has twenty one sacks in eight seasons. Eight seasons with the Jets as part of like – I'm saying Ring of Honor. I'm not saying Hall of Fame or anything, but he should be in the Ring of Honor. Oh, here's a here's a trivia question. Before 1977, what was his name? What was he known as? I have no idea. I bet Larry some, Falk. What is it? Larry Falk. Like Kevin Falk, the running back. I feel like I've seen that, actually. I feel like I actually – to Abdul Salam. I feel like I've actually seen that. All right, we're getting on a tangent here. Really quick before we get to the Patriots preview, Cisco and chat asked how we feel about Jermaine Johnson. I assume this is in relation to the Pro Bowl. I think he's had an awesome season. He's not going to make the Pro Bowl. Good, um, not Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's not good. Definitely better than last year. I don't think he's like, I mean, what what is Pro Bowl level if Dalvin Cook's making the Pro Bowl, Roger Saffold's making the Pro Bowl, Tyler Huntley? <laughs> like, what is really Pro Bowl level? But I just think with positions like edge rusher and wide receiver and stuff like that, you need to be truly exceptional because there are so many great players at those positions in the NFL that it's really difficult to break through and make the Pro Bowl. Uh, I mean, in the AFC alone, like there's going to be TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Max Crosby. Like that's already three guys right there. Khalil Max had a great year. He might make it. Like there's just so many big names. He's not, he's not going to make it, unfortunately, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, other guys that probably deserve a shout out, you know, CJ Mosley, I think he's had a great year. Uh, I know he's had a couple rough, rough couple weeks, but he's been really good. Weirdly, he was second team All Pro last year. He wasn't pro. That's that's there's a guy. Mosley was second team All Pro last year. Did not make the Pro Bowl. Um, so I I think Quincy Williams is stealing his luster this this season, and I think he makes it over C.J. Mosley. But Mosley has been better this year than he was last year, and he made All Pro last year. Uh, and then D.J. Reed I think has also had a few 
eh weeks, but he's still great. I think he's still top 10 in like PFF coverage grade amongst cornerbacks. So he, he deserves to be in the consideration. I don't think he makes it. Obviously he's another guy who just gets overshadowed by sauce, but I think he deserves a shout out. So yeah, I, I think sauce Quincy Morstead, those are the three guys that make it. Justin Hardy might've, if he was healthy all year, because last year he made it last year. I think it was Quinnen sauce and Hardy that made the pro bowl for the jets. Um, I think Ashton Davis is like top 10 in special teams voting too. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's my prediction. We'll see if that's true in a few hours. We'll also see on Sunday if the Jets end up finally breaking the losing streak against the New England Patriots in a game that I remember Justin was saying he's not rooting for the Patriots, but he would really like it if the Patriots don't end up with a chance at either Caleb Williams or Drake May, who could potentially haunt the Jets for the next 10 years. And if you, you know look at Tankathon right now. You know, wait, 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 wait. You know what else I'm rooting for, Mike? This ad read by DraftKings. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you serious? <laughs> we got it. You, you, you forgot. We got to do it. All right, we got to do another one. All right, ready? No, the transition. <laughs> it was a great transition, right? Uh, Jets fans, uh, DraftKings is running a promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a new separate or uh, a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code FSBETS that is on the screen using our code FSBETS, F-S-B-E-T-S. Not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. Of course, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code FSBETS to maximize your first bets and parlays. So offers available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically, physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always game responsibly, gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for, for the full terms of the offer. I'm so used to doing the sleeper one. I had to get through the DraftKings one. Uh, shout out to Sleeper. Still great, even though we're not – that campaign has ended, but still shout out Sleeper. Anyway. That's not uh, a sponsored ad read. He's just a fan. I, just, so. I, won my, I won my fantasy league this year, all right? And it was Sleeper, so I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. Anyway. I, I, I started off like 6-1, and one, and then I went like 7-10 and 10 or something like that. Or eight and I, I, had a, I had a 6% chance of winning my semifinal game going into Monday Night Football, 49ers-Ravens, and my opponent had Brock Purdy uh, and Debo Samuel, and I had Zay Flowers. And I oh, won. and I won. That's not skill. That's luck. Well, well my team was still really good. I had a really good team. Yeah, but in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky to get there, but then I won in the finals. Also, but moving they- on, if you look at Tankathon right now, Carolina is giving the number one pick to the Bears, which, oh my God, poor Carolina, owner throwing drinks on people, and now this. Uh, Washington is currently two, the Commanders are two, and New England is three. Arizona is four. They're both, they're all four and 12, two, three, four, four and 12. And there is a situation where both New England and Washington could lose and New England gets number two. Yep. You just need a couple of very specific outcomes to happen. But right now, because of strength, the schedule and tiebreakers, it seems like the favorite to get number two is Washington. Like it, it, it'd have to be a couple, almost like upsets would have to happen for that. To, well, the strength of schedule tiebreaker between them is a difference of 0.003. All right, and but the there's other tiebreakers going into it and based on who plays each other the next, last week. But right, right, uh, well, there, well, there's a whole chart that outlines like who needs to win for what pick to happen. There's okay. like a chance a coin flip could happen. but Because I know the commanders are playing the Cowboys, which is definitely going to increase their strength of schedule. And then the Jets play the Patriots, obviously. And the Patriots, that's going to you know decrease their strength of schedule. Obviously, there's other games going on uh, that will impact the two. But, yeah. but, but uh, moving on is – that's why I'm not as concerned about this is because early if the concern is you don't want them getting Williams or May. Well, if you if they let's just say the order stays where it is right now. 
Chicago's at one. I know I think that they could build a winner around Justin Fields with that pick. I just think it'll be hard for a GM to get the number one pick two years in a row and they trade out of it twice. So I think they end up trading fields for like a second or something like that, a second, something else, maybe the Darnold trade again. And then I think they take one of them. Maybe May. I think May might be quarterback one at this point. And then you get to number two. Washington is, you know, Caleb Williams. He's a D.C. guy, new owner going home. Then they get him, and then you don't have to worry about it. Well, they could get Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, they could also take a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. So I think to to operate, I say all that to say to operate this whole game is I don't want the Patriots to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I get the fear. But I'm sure some Patriots fans, when the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, were like, oh, crap, the Jets got Zach Wilson now. Like, at the end of the day, it is picking a young prospect. Belichick also spent a pick on Mac Jones. We know how Mac Jones went. So we really don't have a history of him being able to identify quarterbacks in the top of the draft. Jimmy G at the second round was like the best one he ever had. And even then, he didn't provide a ton of value for New England. I think it's bold of you to assume that Belichick will be the one making this pick. I don't think he. Will. I, I think he still is. I think he's just going to go. Until, I think I, he's just going to go until he retires. I think he's gone. I think. I, I think, think Robert Kraft sure wants to be known as the guy who fired him. I I, saw, I think I saw a report earlier in the year that they like already agreed or they already determined they were moving on from him. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I saw I, one I, the other day and said they already agreed he's coming back. Well, conflicting <laughs> reports. I don't know. I I would be very surprised if he was back next year. I think it'd also be a big mistake. But hey, man, as a Jets fan, I hope it happens. I, it's crazy for me to say that. But as a Jets fan, I hope Bill Belichick is the head coach of the Patriots in 2023 or 2024, especially because that means he makes this pick. And I do not trust Bill Belichick as a drafter. Now, looking at the Jets right now, they currently have the number eight pick. If they win, I believe the absolute highest pick they can get is number 12 yep. overall. Yep. So that's the absolute best. The worst case scenario is they go down to 12 right now. They're at eight. And I could see why some Jets fans might want to stay at number eight because there's a higher chance that Olufashanu and Joe Alt, one of them, will be available then. And I get all that, but I just can't put it past myself to look at a team, even though it's Trevor Sidney against. By the way, that New England defense is still really, really good. They had Josh Allen completely confused in that game. That's still a really good defense. I can't look at a team that has a legitimate chance to finally break the streak and be like, nah, go ahead. Yeah, go, go beat us. It's fine. Like, it goes against my my character, which is who I am as a person. I understand that. I understand that, Mike. I really do. And, like, I will never fault anybody for rooting for the Jets to win, nor like nor, nor should you fault anyone for rooting for the Jets to lose for draft position. I think it's fair to do both. Don't please fandom. Do whatever you want. Root for the team however you want to root for them. I just – like, I, I know the argument of, oh, you never know how a draft's going to work out. Like, you know, people thought, like, well, so it'll be good. Jets got number two pick, whatever you have a higher chance of hitting on better draft picks. That's just statistically true. If you have the eighth pick, you are more likely to land a better player than if you are picking a 12. It is far from a guarantee, but it's just a better odds of that happening. Uh, especially, and I think in a class like this, when you, I would say it's a, I'll put it right now, I think it's a 90 to 95% chance the Jets draft an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle in the first round. Uh, it's rare that we could say that going into a draft that we're like so certain about one position being the target, but it just makes the most sense by far. Uh, unless like they don't make a move for wide receiver and somehow Marvin Harrison or some receiver they love is there when they're picking Malik neighbors, Roma, Dunze, whoever, uh, unless one of those guys is there and they love them. But I, I think offensive line makes the most sense. And in this class, there's two very clear, like top level 
tackle prospects, Olaf Fashano and Joe Alt. Uh, Shara, Marius Mims, whoever, JC Light, Latham, like there's a few other guys out there too. Uh, and we have no idea how they're going to project in the NFL. But we we could say that the odds are better that a higher pick and a, a prospect with a higher pedigree is more likely to work out. And so because of that, I want the Jets to lose this week. That sucks. I don't like saying that. And I think the part of me that is wanting the Jets to win the most is the part that goes, because I think Belichick has gone after this year. This is the last chance to break the streak, in my opinion. In my mind, going into this game, I'm expecting this to be the last game that the Jets play against Bill Belichick. And if they lose, that would mean that they did not beat Bill Belichick for the final eight years of his career. Uh, And (laughs) that's pretty insane. When's the last Jets head coach that's lasted eight years? Like, let alone Uh, has a Jet head coach lasted eight years? How long was Weeb Eubank there? <laughs> God, think about that. It might be Weeb Eubank. I have no idea. Uh, well, it wasn't find Rex. out now. It wasn't Rex. It wasn't Herm Edwards. It wasn't Mangini. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Weeb Eubank lasted ten years. Okay, there you so. go. So for almost the entirety of Weeb Eubank's coaching career would be the time frame that the Jets have gone without beating Bill Belichick. And if Bill Belichick retires after this year or goes somewhere else, mutually part ways, whatever they do, this is their last opportunity to do so. And so that part of me is like. Damn, it would feel good to, to end his career, end his Patriots career with the Jets beating him. Wouldn't that be great? However, the cynical part of me, the cynical Jets fan in me, is like, if the Jets do that, the Patriots are going to end up with a top two pick because there's still, I think I saw odds, there's a 23% chance they end up with a top two pick. So not great odds, but totally possible. And if they lose that game, it's definitely possible they can end up with a top two pick. Uh, and if that happens, and the Jets are the reason that the Patriots end up getting Drake May or Caleb Williams, I am very certain as a cynical Jets fan, that that quarterback is going to be really good for them and is going to torment the Jets forever. And we will forever look back on this one meaningless game that the Jets won with Trevor fucking Simeon as their quarterback as the reason that happened. And Mike, I don't want that to be a possibility. I or don't. they could sign, they could be the guy who signs like Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson and then get Marvin Harrison Jr. And then also and that also would suck. I don't want them that Marvin Harrison Jr. either. But but they're already in. They're already here. So like I know. I know. Well, I, if they win, I don't think they get the three, the number three pick. They would probably fall a couple of spots. Um, because the 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 Cardinals. I mean, unless the Cardinals win, but it would come down to strength the schedule tiebreaker with like the Giants. The and the Giants play the Eagles. Giants um, would be ahead of them. They I'll would be behind them. the Chargers, so it'd be like six or something. Well, but but the straight of the schedule could change there, so we don't know. Either way, I don't want the Patriots getting a chance at the top two pick. That's why I want the Jets to, to lose this week. But look, I'm not going to be sitting there rooting hardcore for the Patriots. It's not in my blood. I can't do it. I hate that organization. I don't like Bill Belichick. I, I, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, go Bailey Zappi. But I will not be upset by any means if they lose that game. And part of me is going to be like, yeah, like, good. I'm happy this happened. <laughs> the funny thing is we're going to do predictions now. I actually think the Patriots are going to win. I'm going to say something like 10, 10 to 6, if I'm being honest. Yep. And that's not even a joke because legitimately Bill Belichick is not going to take his foot off the gas against the Jets because it's done. Bill Belichick against the Jets. That team had nothing to play for last week, and they were giving Josh Allen maybe even a harder time than the Jets gave him. I mean, they beat up on Josh Allen and the Bills. Like, that defense, like, we made fun of them because they're bad this year. The defense is still very good. For all of Bill Belichick's faults, a guy can whip up a defense with a bunch of random guys immediately. Now, Bailey Zappi against this defense, that could be a problem too, as we've seen in the past. But I just don't see Trevor Simeon in New England 
I, it's going to be like the Luke Falk game. Remember that? Luke Falk's first start. I don't want to think about three against the Patriots. Speaking of Trevor Simeon, the guy who replaced Trevor Simeon. I don't want to think about Luke Falk in 2024, Mike. The funny, I do remember though, my last Luke Falk thing. When he came in for Simeon, I'm like, he actually did okay against the Browns. He actually looked pretty good. He was like 20 of 25. I'm like, okay. And then that happened. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Look at this. (laughs) Yeah. I got fooled by him in the pre-draft. I thought he was going to be good. He just didn't have an arm. I'm starting to think maybe your your QB your QB evaluations aren't so great, man. I don't know. DJ Stroud Ritter. QB one. Stroud, you got Stroud. I don't know. I'm, I just keep thinking about Desmond Ritter, and I'm like, Damn. and I technically <laughs> had a fifth round grade on Brock Purdy, so I was higher than the consensus on Purdy. <laughs> okay, that's something. There you go. And I think I actually uh, what was the other crazy one I had? Was it Brett Rippin? I thought I was hey, going to be playing that Jets game. legend. I hope Brett Rippin plays. I, I want him to play on Sunday so that we can say that the Jets played. Was it five different quarterbacks this season? Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Brett Rippon. I hope that he plays so that we can say the Jets played five quarterbacks because that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, you think we're gonna win though. Yeah, I, I think the Jets are gonna win. I, I think the Jets are winning this game because I'm just I, I, like I'm going underdog. They're two and a half point underdogs. I'm going well, but it's a road underdog. So if it was neutral site, they'd technically be a half. Point well, still, bigger. well, they're on the road though, so I agree. they are. You're right. I think it would be, I don't know. I'm going pure emotions here. I'm going pure emotion based. And I'm saying I could see a scenario where the Jets win and the Patriots end up getting a top two pick and Jets fans are all happy and excited. They're like, we, we broke the streak. You know, we're sending Belichick out. You know, the, the final shot of Bill Belichick walking off the field as a Patriots head coach is him, you know, just moping about a Jets loss or, or losing to the Jets and people are excited. And then I'm just sitting there in like my little corner, like, but but maybe but maybe this isn't a good thing. Like maybe this isn't the best thing in the world. But I can't say that because I get screamed at. That image of him with the hoodie up, like at the it end, like that. defeated and disheveled. All right. Part of me definitely that image. I, I framed that on my wall. I can't. All right. I can't lie. Part of me would absolutely love if the parting image of Bill Belichick as a head coach of the New England Patriots for after twenty three years or whatever it's been. Is Trevor uh, Simeon kicking his butt? Is, Tre- is Trevor okay? All right, I- I'll take it back. If the Jets absolutely light up the Patriots, I will love it, and I don't give a shit about draft position. If, <laughs> if Trevor Simeon drops thirty-five points in the Patriots, I don't give a shit about draft position. I don't care if they get Caleb Williams or Drake May. That will be one of the best football experiences I've had in so long. Trevor so Simeon has the Matt Flynn game. Yeah, if that happens, that's fine. But if the Jets win ten to six or whatever, six to three, uh and they lose on a draft position, I, I can't be. I'm not going to be ecstatic about that. But it's not – like, it is still the Patriots, and I do think it is Bill Belichick's last game with the Patriots. So I won't be I won't be devastated. But I, I think the Jets win. That's my prediction. I think the Jets win. I think they find a way to pull it out, even though Belichick could be going balls to the wall, just all out. If this is his swan song, he wants to go out, guns blazing. Uh, I still think the Jets find a way to win, and they win – 13 to 7. I'll one up you on your 10 6, and I'll give you a little more scoring. 13 to 7. Jets win, uh, and they go in. What that would be? They, they finish 7 and 11. Cool. Fun stuff. They, they, they end up with like a, the 11th pick in the draft. Patriots, maybe they get the number two pick. That's my prediction. I hope it doesn't well, happen. Belichick, you probably trade out of that pick. You probably go down to five. I don't something. think Belichick gets that opportunity. I really think he's gone. I'd be stunned if he's back next year. We'll see. Hey, hey Geno Smith, week eight. Remember that? Geno Smith against the Dolphins? Uh oh yeah with the when he was with the Jets you're saying yeah it was week 18 it meant nothing he went like 20 of 26 oh, 400 yards I think he was in week eight yeah Geno Smith that last game that was the best game of his career like, he was per, it was perfect passer rating yeah. yeah 
Maybe that'll happen. Come, come on, that would be Trevor. If Trevor Simeon does that, dude, dude, please. What, what if, what if Wild? I would bring him back as the third string quarterback next year just for that. What if Wild scenario? Trevor Simeon gets hurt. Knock. I don't want to wisp. You know, I don't want him to get injured. But what if he gets hurt? He gets knocked out of the game. Brett Rippon comes in and absolutely lights it up. What, what if just, he leads like a late comeback drive to like break his heart? Like what if no, what if he just lights it? What if what if Brett Rippon throws for 350 yards off the bench and three touchdowns? Oh, I'll be so mad. Just imagine what the discourse will be following that game. And imagine we'll we'll now have an entire offseason to discuss Brett Rippon because he will be discussed. And that one game, I guarantee you that one game, if he were to do that, would lead to discussions of well, maybe Brett Rippon should be the backup quarterback next year. I guarantee it. And honestly, for chaos, I want that to happen now. <laughs> So thank you guys for tuning into our final weekday show of the 2023-2024 season. We'll be back with the Wednesday shows as regularly scheduled next week and all that. But this is our last one before a 2023-2024 game, a season that, you know, we just had so much fun covering, legitimately fun covering. Uh, Watching is a different matter. We have not had a lot of fun watching these games Uh, because our heart got ripped out through the back of our skulls in in four plays. So brutal. But there you go. It's metal as hell is what it is. Right. <laughs> but, hey, what, did it not feel like that? You know, now that you mention it, that's exactly what it felt like. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so before you get on my analogy game. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you guys for supporting the show. Thank you guys for tuning into this show. So, as you can subscribe on YouTube, you can download our stuff on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, all the podcast platforms. We're over there. Justin, final thoughts. Oh, real quick, we'll answer this uh, question here from Josh Kerr in chat. Will you guys talk about the playoffs at all? I'd love to hear your thoughts about the NFL in general. Y'all are great. First of all, thank you, Josh Kerr. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We're still going to keep doing the, the midweek shows. Um, so, honestly, it's going to depend on what's going on that week. Like, I know we're, we'll be back here next Wednesday at 3 p.m. We'll be back. Uh, not sure what we'll be discussing yet. We'll see what happens in the Jets-Patriots game. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about playoffs. I imagine we'll do some kind of like Super Bowl prediction during like a midweek show or something. Something along we those lines. did that last year, and I believe I got mine right. I believe wow. I said the Chiefs. Look at you. Well, I knew Dalvin Cook sucked, so. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Somebody's got to make like an official like take scoreboard. like tallies. That would be really fun. I, I We've been – so for anybody who watches the Guess the Jets on YouTube, I, I went back and I got a, like – we got a, like a running scorecard of how often we get those right and how we get those wrong. And we can – we can have some more fun with that. As we mentioned, I think last week, there'll be a lot more fun coming in 2024. Uh, we got a lot of stuff planned for you guys. More guests, the jets, more interviews, more other stuff, more streams. We're we'll back here every single Wednesday uh, and maybe some other streams too. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's, that's my final thoughts. This has been, this has been great. What a great year it's been. And I hope 2024 is even better. So thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download Jet Press Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and that includes after the season. Uh, and live immediately following every Jets game. So we will be back on Sunday breaking down the last Jets game of the season. Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We will see you guys on Sunday. Happy New Year, everybody.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.